Hello, good evening, and how are you? Welcome to another episode of Brett's Old Time Radio Show. Welcome to my home here in beautiful Lime Bay. Do you know what we've done today? A little bit of fishing. Didn't catch a thing. Nothing at all. Beach casting. Off of the beach. I said to George, let's go do a little bit of fishing. He went, yeah, all right, Dad, we'll give that a go. I'm not much of a fisherman. But we did a bit of fishing, caught nothing. Didn't even, I would say, possibly caught cold, because it was flipping chilly. But it was nice just to get down on the beach. Lola had a lovely time. Thanks for joining us once again for our regular late night visit to those dusty studio archives. Do you know what I'm going to do? Talking to fishing and on the beach. I'm going to do a little video clip down on the beach. Maybe we'll do that uh, through the week. Over the next few days, we'll do a little video clip. Oh, I don't know if we can, actually. We'll see how it goes. We'll we're, we're, we're try and do a little video clip down on the beach and we could just sort of show you around on a night because it's pretty spooky. On a, there's nowhere like the beach, is there? On a night, it's very spooky because the, the sea looks very black and very dark, and very unappealing. I've never understood people who go for midnight swims because to me, I always think the sea looks proper scary at night, but maybe that's just me. I'm Brett. I'm your host for our Nighttime Podcast. Welcome to another episode. I've got Facebook, Instagram and YouTube, all called Brett's Old Time Radio Show. Go check them out. I'd love that. Also, we've got a supporter page at patreon.com forward slash Brett's Old Time Radio Show. Time now, however, for more adventure from the... We're going to pop over to Egypt. It's going to be warm there, isn't it? Guaranteed. So we're going to pop to Egypt for an episode of Rocky Jordan. This one first broadcast on the 12th of March, 1950. It's called The White Beetle. Now Del Monte Foods brings you a world of adventure with Rocky Jordan. Go around the front way, will you? The tambourine's open. The front door, I said. Rocky, let me in. All right, just cut out the pounding. Scrappy Sims. Rocky, help me. What's the matter with you? I can't. I... Here, open this couch. Now, easy does it. Oh, thanks, Rocky. Yeah, bullet wound. That what it is? Yeah. I'll get help. Just give me that package. Oh, no, 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 Rocky. Oh, easy, fella. You're all right here. No, the, the beetle. The what? Tell me, Scrappy, what are you trying to say? Nobody gets the white beetle. Del Monte, the brand you trust for flavor in so many good foods. Yes, Del Monte, the best-liked brand of canned fruits and vegetables in the whole wide world, takes you now to the Cafe Tambourine in Cairo, gateway to the ancient east where modern adventure and intrigue unfold against a backdrop of antiquity. Tonight's Rocky Jordan story, The White Beetle. The heat had settled down over Cairo that afternoon. A good time for me to catch a nap in my tambourine office. That's when the big pounding had come at the alley door, like a wild horse put in the wrong stall. I'd no sooner got the door open than he came staggering in. Scrappy Sims. Somebody I hadn't seen in quite a while. And the bullet hole in his side wasn't doing him any good. I put him on the couch, but he clung to a package in his hand and kept mumbling something that didn't make sense. Beetle. No, no, Rocky. What about it, Scrappy? Clear it up, will you? The white beetle. Now listen to me. Who shot you and why? You gotta tell me what happened. Rocky... Scrappy, listen to me. Scrappy. Uh, get me the emergency hospital. Rush it. Uh, emergency. Rocky Jordan, Cafe Tambourine. 
There's a man here that shot up bad. Get an ambulance over here the quickest way you can. I'll explain when you get here. Now step on it. My next call was meant for Captain Sam Sabaya, Cairo Police. But I didn't finish dialing. Make that call later, Mr. Jordan. I turned and saw her standing right behind me. She was small and olive-skinned with dark, deep-set eyes. And lips held as tight as her white dress that fit every bit right. There was no fear there at all. Maybe because of the gun she held in her hand. Later, I said. Put down the phone as I told you. Doesn't anybody use the front door? I'm not here for pleasure, Mr. Jordan. Unless you like playing with guns. This is hardly a game. I'm doing only what is necessary. Like finishing up your job on Scrappy Sims? You're much too hasty with your conclusions. Just don't touch him, lady. I'm telling you, leave him alone. I'm interested only in what he holds in his hand. Get it for me. Well, Scrappy wouldn't like that. Get it for me and don't open it. Huh? It's all yours. Lay it on the table and then keep back. Hey, uh, by the way, what good is a white beetle? No good to you, Mr. Jordan, I assure you. Now be careful that you stay just where you are. This man's misfortune is quite enough for one day. I'm convinced. Well, sounds like you better get moving. But don't follow me. I'll shoot you if I have to. She was out of sight before the ambulance pulled up. I got my call through to Sabaya, and then I stuck around to answer some questions and stay with Scrappy Sims until they took him away. After that, I went to headquarters and briefed Sam on everything that had happened. He took it all down. As always, Jordan, you give me little to go on. Well, maybe Scrappy will be able to tell you the rest, Sam. You have not told me of your acquaintance with him. Just a customer I'd gotten to know real well. A construction worker of some sort. He hadn't been around to... Just a moment. Yes? Yes, go on. I see. No, that is all for now. Thank you. Jordan, I have sad news for you. Scrappy Sims is dead. Yeah, I'm not much surprised. So now it becomes a problem of murder. You are certain that he said nothing more to you? All I could get was the white beetle. It had something to do with that package he had. What could it mean, Sam? Who can say? Of course, an Egyptologist might have a theory. Well, the sacred beetle? Oh, you're reaching. No, perhaps, Jordan, perhaps. But such an insect was once a thing of worship in Egypt. Venerated as a type of sun god through the known history of the pharaoh. Sure, sure. All very interesting. Yes, I fear that we digress. Uh, about the girl now, Jordan. Who took the package from uh, Scrappy Sims? You do not know who she is. No, Sam, but if I see her again, I'll know. Yes, what is it now? Bannister? John Bannister. Inquiring about Scrappy Sim? Oh, very well. Tell him in at once. Want me out, Sam? No, Jordan. I prefer that you remain. Captain, I'm sorry to be so impatient, but this is important. Very important. Yes, yes, of course, Mr. Bannister. Oh, Mr. Bannister, this is Mr. Jordan. Hello, Mr. Bannister. Uh, how do you do, Mr. Jordan? Captain, you must help me see Scrappy Sim. What do you know of this? Why, nothing, except that I heard just a short time ago he'd been shot. I can't believe it. Nevertheless, it is true. I went to the hospital as soon as I could, but they wouldn't let me see the boy. I'm asking you to help me, Captain. I fear that it would do you no good. But you must understand he's my dearest friend. He's almost like a son to me. Mr. Bannister, I regret then to inform you that Scrappy Sims is dead. Oh, but that's impossible. But we can hope that you might help us find the answer. Why, yes, anything. Did you know that young Sims was back in Cairo, Mr. Bannister? Yes, he'd been on a construction job up the Nile. New irrigation dam. You were with him? No, I have other work here, but... Why these questions? Don't you know anything? 
Only that after being shot, he made his way to Mr. Jordan's cafe. Well, then he must have told you something, Jordan. Nothing I haven't told the police. Sam, if that's all for me, I'll... That is all, Jordan. However, I would like to talk further with Mr. Bannister. Well, Sam was carrying the ball, so I went back to my own problems at the tambourine. Only the memory of Scrappy Sims stayed with me. I had a strong feeling a lot more was to come. And it happened that way when a stocky man with close-clipped hair and his young shadow invited themselves into my office without the formalities. Mr. Jordan, I am Dr. Eric Kleberg. This is my dutiful son, Hans. All right, Kleberg and son, what do you want? We want to know where it is. Well, what is? We must be more specific, Hans. The scarab, Mr. Jordan. Scarab? Oh, sure, the white beetle. The same. And you do know. Scrappy Sims brought it here and it was not seen again. Do we get it, Mr. Jordan? Maybe. Just tell me why you should have it. Man likes to know those things. A fair bargain. Very well, I will tell you. We are wasting our time, Father. Patience, son. Look, if you two like to argue this outside... Mr. Jordan, a short time ago, while working in an excavation on an irrigation project up the Nile, Scrappy Sims uncovered this scarab of the white beetle. Because of its size and remarkable preservation, he realized its value and brought it into Cairo, seeking a buyer. And I take it he found one. Through a friend, I contacted him at the Silvestri Ceramic Shop in Old Cairo. He showed me the scarab. I, too, realized its value. The finest example of the 18th dynasty. What about the law, Kleberg? It says Scrappy should have turned it over to the government. They'd have paid him. A nominal sum, yes. But he wanted more, and I was willing to pay it. You know, they call that black market. Regardless of that, I advanced him 2,000 pounds. And now the scarab, please. There's just one little hitch, Kleberg. I haven't got it. Then where is it? I wouldn't know. Mr. Jordan, you might as well know that my son and I are fully armed. Oh, yes, the guns show through your coats. So maybe you put the bullets in Scrappy Sims, huh? I told you that talking was a waste of time, Father. A man must listen to his son. We will find it then. And quickly, Hans. Yes, Give it up, Junior. You won't find it that way. We shall soon see. And if we do not find it here, and we learn that you have lied, we shall return to try another way. Make very sure of that, Mr. Jordan. Del Monte Foods is presenting tonight's adventure with Rocky Jordan. Springtime's just around the corner. Yes, and with fine weather ahead, a man's fancy turns to thoughts of sports and baseball and things to do in the garden. And the women, well, they're thinking of snacks and sandwiches and picnics and things. Yes, Larry, and chances are they'll be thinking about catsup, too. Del Monte catsup. Seems as if there's nothing like its zippy, zesty flavor to make hamburgers and cold meats or a plain sandwich perk right up and come to the party. So many things taste so much better with Del Monte catsup. You see, that hearty, spiced tomato flavor of Del Monte catsup gives just the right lift to plain foods. And that marvelous flavor doesn't just happen. Del Monte takes red, luscious, field-ripened tomatoes, simmers them down with fragrant spices, and blends them all together with that wonderful new ingredient, pineapple vinegar. 
No other vinegar coaxes out all the very best tomato flavor the way pineapple vinegar does. And Del Monte catsup is the only catsup made with pineapple vinegar. Larry, every homemaker wants to know about price, too. So be sure to say that for all its goodness, Del Monte catsup actually costs less than many other quality brands. So catsup fans get set for good eating. Enjoy Del Monte catsup soon. And now we take you back to Cairo and tonight's Rocky Jordan story, The White Beetle. Well, Dr. Eric Kleberg and his dutiful son kept it up till they'd made my office look like a bargain basement after a dollar sale. They didn't find the White Beetle scarab because it wasn't there. Then they were gone. Right away, I started across town for Old Cairo to look in on Sylvester's ceramic shop. I got there before closing time. It was the usual dusty place, cluttered with every gym crack that ever lured an unsuspecting tourist. A little white-thatched Italian whose jaw muscles twitched too much came hurrying up. Could I help you, senor? Yes, if you're the proprietor here, Mr. Silvestri. That's my name. What could I show you, please? Well, let's start with the white beetle. It is... White beetle? If you mean scarab, senor, I got none in white. They're quite rare, but... Well, I... let's talk about Scrappy Sims. He brought it here to sell. Remember now? Sims? Sims? Oh, there's so many counts. Sure, sure. All the best black market trade, huh? Who set up the deal here between Scrappy and Kleberg? Was it you? Senor, who sent you here? Dr. Eric Kleberg? Well, then there must be some mistake. Now, if that is all, senora, I am about to lock up for the night. All right, all right. We'll make it later. I turned to go, figuring to file Silvestri under active. That's when my eyes caught a big mirror on the side wall that reflected through the door to the back room. And the face I saw there sent me running back. No, no, that way, senor! Senor! It was the face of the girl, the same one who'd come to my cafe that afternoon to take the package from Scrappy Sims. This time, she had no time to do anything. Mr. Jordan, Don't no. try for the gun this time, lady. Let me go. Stop with this, senor. What is Maria to you? Oh, so Maria's the name, huh? What's the last one, Silvestri? Yes, she's my daughter. Now, what's the meaning of this? It's nothing, Father. Yeah, we'll see what your purse says. Give it to me. Give it back to me. Not Mr. on your Jordan. life. Yeah, have a look, Silvestri. Nice shiny 32. Marie. Father, you don't understand. But Captain Sabai will understand. He wants very much to see you. Come on. I go with you, Marie. No, please stay here, Father. Yeah, that's right. Stay here, Silvestri. They'll come when they want you. Jordan, what is the meaning of this? Yes, Captain. Let Mr. Jordan explain. He knows so much more than I. Quickly, Jordan, who is this girl? Maria Silvestri. She's all you want, Sam. Do I understand that this is the one who was at your cafe? One and the same. The whole answer to Scrappy Sims' murder, sealed and delivered. Is this true, Miss Silvestri? It is not. I've never killed anyone. Jordan, this is a serious accusation, one which must have good proof. All right, here it is. The gun, right out of her purse. Is this all you bring? What else do you want, Sam? Pictures? Jordan, you come dragging a girl into my office on a charge of murder and you call this evidence. Then you call it. This gun is a 32. Scrappy Sims was killed by a 45. You didn't tell me. Nor did you ask me. 
Very well, that is all, Miss Sylvester. Oh, wait a minute, Sam. What is it now, Jordan? She stole the package with a white beetle from Scrappy. That's enough to hold her. You say it was the white beetle that she took? But are you quite sure? Sure as anyone could be. And are you willing to swear to it? That what she took was not hers and that it was the white beetle? Well, no, Sam, I'm not. But... Surely you know that we deal with facts here. And until you have them, I do not intend that you further embarrass this department. You are at liberty, Miss Silvestri. I knew my mistake, so I got out in a hurry. It looked like Maria couldn't have fired the shot that killed Scrappy Sims. So if I was ever to get back in Sam's good graces, I had to dig up the whole story. The John Bannister I'd met in Sam's office might shed some light. So I looked up his apartment address and paid him a visit. Mr. Jordan, I deeply appreciate what you're trying to do to get to the truth of this affair. You knew Scrappy pretty well, didn't you, Mr. Bannister? Yes, very well. There were close family ties. But no dealings with him in your line of work? No, there's no connection with my work. Not that I mind your asking. No, skip it. You never saw the scarab he brought back from up the Nile? Scarab? Oh, he called it the White Beetle. Oh, yes. Captain Sabaya questioned me about that. No, Scrappy never mentioned it. Then maybe you can give me something in his relationship with a ceramic dealer named Silvestri and his daughter, Maria. Yes, he did mention a deal with Silvestri. What kind? He didn't say, except that it was something... Something that would lead to money. Sure. He was handling the sale of the White Beetle for Scrappy. Then it seems that Sylvester's quite deeply involved in this. Yeah. You wouldn't know where I could find a guy named Kleberg. I'm afraid not. Who is he? The buyer. No, thanks, Mr. Bannister. I'll keep trying. I spent some time looking around for Kleberg without any lead. Then it occurred to me that finding the relic itself might smoke out the right people. Maria had taken it, and her father's shop would be a good place to hide it. I got there around 10 o'clock. There was a nightlight in back, and the front door was barred. I tried the lock on the back door, and it was easier. In a couple of minutes, I was inside the back room, about to move on to the front. But what I saw on the floor in the dim light stopped all that. It was Silvestri, his hair not all white now. A forty-five revolver was still clutched in his hand. The bullet hole was in his right temple. Jordan, have you forgotten that you were already wrong once tonight? All right, Sam, but that doesn't make it happen again. The bullet which killed Silvestri is from a forty-five revolver, such as you saw clutched in his own hand. I have no doubt that ballistics will report that the bullet was fired from that gun. With that, you close the books and call it suicide. It is all quite obvious. After killing Scrappy Sims, Silvestri took the easy way out by taking his own life. Only you've left a blank space. Why would Silvestri want to kill Sims? Will you come in here, please, Miss Silvestri? Please sit down. Whatever you wish, Captain Sabaya. Now, I want you to tell Mr. Jordan everything as you told it to me, beginning with the time Scrappy Sims approached your father with his scheme. He asked my father, with his knowledge of ceramics, to make an imitation of a white antique scarab. A phony? That's right. My father used a genuine scarab as his model. Sims was to make believe that he'd found the imitation while he was digging, and he would say it was real. The plan was to contact Dr. Eric Kleberg and sell it to him at a good price. With your father making all the arrangements? Yes. My father needed the money very badly, so he agreed. It wasn't until after the imitation had been made that I found out, 
and, and then I knew my father had done a very foolish thing. Continue. What did you do then? I tried to make amends by getting the imitation back from Scrappy Sims before the damage was done. But I was too late. The contact had already been made with Kleberg. Sure, and he'd made a 2,000-pound down payment. That complicated things. As she will tell you, Jordan. I saw Sims leave, the scar- leave with the scarab this afternoon. He seemed very excited, so I followed him. A short distance from the cafe, I heard a shot. I, I didn't see who fired it. Sims was wounded, but he kept on going until he reached your cafe. And you showed up conveniently to get it away from him. Believe what you like, Mr. Jordan. I took it only to keep my father from being brought into this killing. Is it not clear to you now, Jordan? No, not all of it, Sam. You yourself told me that Sylvester had seemed nervous and despondent. And rather than bring his daughter into this mess, he took what seemed to him the only possible course. So that's what you think. Well, I don't. And if I were a man such as you, I'd find out who killed my father and then Miss I... Sylvester... You must learn to face that which is obvious. Well, to you it is, Sam. Only where's the phony scarab? It's hidden in my home. If you wish me to get it for you, I will, Captain Sabai. I will trust you to bring it here, and as soon as possible. Yeah, mind if I go with it, Sam? If you like, Jordan. I'm sure that Miss Silvestri will appreciate your company. Maria and I went out together. She didn't seem to care one way or the other. We caught a taxi that took us to her home in the Italian sector. There wasn't much conversation until I'd paid the cabbie and we were going up the walk to the house. Maria, it happens I don't think your father committed suicide. It's difficult to know what you think, Mr. Jordan. I don't think he killed Scrappy Sims. No, he did not. Sam Sabaya doesn't think so either. Didn't you hear what he said himself? Oh, sure. The quick answer. When Sam acts like that, you can be sure he's thinking a lot more. Now he's a real careful guy. You know him better than I do. Just a minute. Here's the scarab, Mr. Jordan. Take it. Yeah. Your father did a real good job with this. He was an artist at his trade. Now, please... Wait, Maria. I got an idea. I'm going to take this and do some checking. But the captain's waiting. Well, he'll always settle for answers. There may be a lot more to this than we figure, Maria. Isn't there enough trouble with Sabai already? You said you'd like to know who killed your father. That still go? You know it does. But who could it be? Somebody who wanted the scarab real bad, maybe. Kleberg? He's a good bet. You wait here, Maria. By then, Maria was all for it, like I knew she'd be. She promised to wait. I was out on my own. In another half hour, I was pounding at the door of my friend, Professor Menouf, whose home was just off the campus of the Cairo University. A servant finally let me in, and I waited in Menouf's library until he came down, still pulling a robe around him. The impatience of you Americans, Mr. Jordan. <laughs> what can it be this time? There's something that might interest you, Professor. Look this thing over, will you? Why, a scarab. White and excellently preserved. Unless it's a phony. That's what I want to know. I see. A-, a few tests will tell. If you will kindly remain here a moment. Professor Manuf took the scarab with him to another room, and I kept busy till I found a science who's who on his library shelf. I thumbed through the K's. Finally, there the name was. Kleberg, Dr. Eric. University of Munich, University of Ankara. Authority on archaeology and antiquities. And I had all I wanted. Mr. Jordan, Mr. Jordan, do you realize what you have here? Don't bother to tell me. I know now. This is a real scarab. It is absolutely genuine. Sure. Kleberg knew way too much about antiquities to offer to buy a phony. He knew he was going to get the real article. A remarkable specimen. 18th dynasty, I would say. There is only one like it in the Cairo Museum. Yeah, you better look there again, Professor. 
One of the museums are phony. What? Oh, you, you cannot be serious. Yeah. Scrappy Sims had it all figured to get Silvestri to make a phony. But what he didn't tell Silvestri was that he had a further plan, that somebody else was in on the deal. I fear that I do not understand what you are saying. Somebody who switched the real one with the phony in the museum. So Scrappy could sell this one, the real one, to Cleaver. Should I know what you are talking about, Mr. Jordan? Well, just find out about that one in the museum. You can read the rest in the morning papers. In just a moment, Rocky Jordan returns to conclude tonight's story. Have you ever been out in the field when the tomatoes are ripening? Ever seen a big red tomato so ripe it fairly begs to be picked? Then you know just how taste-tempting a tomato really can be. How wonderfully rich and full-bodied and satisfying the juice is. But if you've never had that experience, then the closest thing to it is Del Monte tomato juice. Yes, the real test of a tomato juice is how fresh and natural it tastes. That's why I keep several cans of Del Monte tomato juice on hand at all times. It is so fresh-tasting and natural-tasting. Dad, the children, the whole family enjoy it so much for its refreshing, clean taste. Yes, that's Del Monte tomato juice, all right. Fresh-tasting, natural-tasting, and refreshing. Pressed from the finest vine-ripened tomatoes. Packed fast under the closest quality control. It all means extra enjoyment for you. At breakfast, lunch, or dinner, or any time during the day, you'll find Del Monte tomato juice really hits the spot. Back now to Rocky Jordan for the conclusion of tonight's story. I left Professor Minoff's library knowing two more things. That the scarab that had already brought death to two people was genuine, and that Dr. Kleberg knew it was real when he moved to buy it. Now I was on my way for the clincher, and I didn't have to go far. I was being real careful of the dark steps to the street. Jordan. You like the dark? Lay the scarab down carefully, then go quickly. I don't see you, and I don't see a gun. Nevertheless, we're both here. I'm giving you your chance, Jordan. Even when I know who you are? John Bannister? Oh, that does make a difference. I had to guess the gun, too. Forty-five. You still haven't done what I told you. Ready to tell me where you work now? How about the Cairo Museum? In a trusted position, maybe. Where you'll have plenty of chance to switch stuff around. Mr. Jordan, I'd hate for the professor to have to find your body lying on his doorstep. But you didn't hesitate to kill your close friend, Scrappy Sims. Why? Because he found out he was playing with something too hot? Could he have gotten scared and started for the police? What should concern you is that he's dead. Sure. First Sims and then Silvestri. So the truth about the phony white beetle scarab had never been known. I could hardly stop now. Yeah, then you're going to be real busy. Maria knows... So does Professor Minouf. And you, Jordan. So I'll begin at once. The shot had come from the shadow of the wall. The next one was equally wild. As the figure of a small girl, that of Maria Silvestri, darted away down the street, Bannister swung around, taking careful aim. I took it from there. I came down on his hand, and a heavy gun clattered to the steps. He made a dive for it, but I kicked it away. I waited for his next move, but he just stood there as the Cairo police came in from all directions.
sugar in your coffee, Jordan? Oh, no thanks, Sam. I like to drink my coffee, not chew it. <laughs> my people have been drinking coffee in this manner for countless years. You could get used to it. Mm, maybe. But some things I'll never get used to. Such is the problem of all mankind, Jordan. Learning to accept that which Allah decrees. I'm thinking about Maria. Oh? What about her? A try for revenge. Attempted murder. Hmm. What you say puzzles me. According to the notes in my dossier on the case, Maria fired the shots at Bannister only to save your life. Is that not how it was? <laughs> I say. Let's just leave it that way, huh? What does your dossier say about uh, Bannister? You were quite right about him. He was an employee of the Cairo Museum. Mm. He has confessed to switching the relics. The true one will be returned to its place. All this over a little white beetle. Was it worth it, Sam? Well, who can say? To Bannister, perhaps. Doesn't make sense to me. Why should it? Remember, if all people's sense of values were equal, there would be little adventure in this world. You would not like that. Would you, Jordan? For the finest in tomato flavor, enjoy the whole family of Del Monte tomato products. Del Monte catsup and chili sauce. Del Monte tomato sauce and tomato juice. And Del Monte whole peeled tomatoes. Remember, buy wisely. Buy for flavor. Buy Del Monte. Del Monte, the brand you trust for flavor in so many good foods. Rocky Jordan, written by Larry Roman and Gomer Cool, stars Jack Moyles in the title role with Jane Avello as Sam Sabaya, and is produced and directed by Cliff Howell with original music composed and conducted by Richard Arunt. Remember you have a date next week at the Cafe Tambourine, run by Rocky Jordan. Same time, same station. And the story is The Perfect Witness. If it's gay summer flavor you want in a quick dessert or salad, serve Del Monte Fruit Cocktail. It's ready-cut and ready-mixed, a real flavor treat. So good-looking. Ask for Del Monte Fruit Cocktail. Larry Thor speaking. Rocky Jordan is presented over CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Welcome back. Hope you enjoyed our latest adventure with the brilliant Rocky Jordan. And don't forget, we'll be back with those Texas Rangers tomorrow going live from 5 p.m. GMT. As I mentioned earlier, we've got a supporter page, patreon.com forward slash Brett's Old Time Radio Show. But for now, thanks for listening. I'll be with you seven days a week, each and every week, and I'll see you tomorrow on Brett's Old Time Radio Show. Love you. Bye.